I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by the managing editor of Horns247, Taylor Estes. Taylor, we are now in the month of May. For the parents out there, um, your life of having kids in school is... About to come to an end, so savor <laughs> what you have left of this month uh, before you're playing Uber mom and Uber dad, driving your kids all over the place for the summer. But we are also coming off the NFL draft, and it was an active NFL draft for the Texas Longhorns, as we talked about last week. Taylor, mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson becomes the first. Longhorn selected uh, first offensive player from Texas selected in the first round since Vince Young in 2006, 17 short years between Texas offensive players being selected in the first round. Bijan Robinson goes number eight overall to the Atlanta Falcons. And I think it's a good opportunity for him, Taylor. Um, Your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I I was a little surprised that he went as early as he did, but he deserved to be there. I mean, we talked about it, Chip, last week um, prior to the NFL draft about how, you know, all of these NFL analysts and draft experts and all of that had pretty much the consensus that Bijan Robinson was probably a top three, top four player overall, regardless of position in the 2023 NFL draft, but nobody expected him to be drafted where his talent level was like nobody thought he was going to be the third or fourth pick of the draft I I'm I was really excited for him to see that he did go inside the top 10 because I really I mean like I will root for this kid for the rest of his life like when he got drafted I literally said I was like well I don't follow NFL teams but I guess I follow the Falcons now because that is just how highly I think of Bijan Robinson both as a player probably more so as a person too so I love the pick. Um, it sounds like, you know, I, I, if you if you missed it, Texas football released the audio of the phone call that Bijan got when he was in the green room prior to, um, you know, his name actually being called. And the owner of the Falcons, you know, he was just like, this is a dream come true for us to draft you like every everything that, you know, and doing our due diligence it just kept coming back to Bijan Robinson and how like elite and just amazing of a person and amazing of an athlete and talent he was. And it was really cool to hear that because that's the owner of the organization. It, they, he went outside the box. You know, I feel like the running back position in the NFL draft is 
pretty devalued at, uh, in the current state of NFL. So the fact that he went so early, I just, I think it just speaks volumes of how talented this kid is and how easy he can win people over because with his charm, with his skills, everything. I mean, I love the pig personally, Chip. How about you? Yeah, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, um, they like to run the football. Now, last year they had Marcus Mariota at quarterback. Um, he has been released. They're going to go with their second-year quarterback, Desmond Ritter, from Cincinnati. So what's the best friend of a young, inexperienced quarterback? The running game. Yes. And they actually have a 1,000-yard rusher there already, Tyler Al Algiers, and um, that's good. You want to have a one-two punch. You know, Cowboys fans know that they've had Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, and it, it allows you to, you know, keep those guys from just taking a pounding while also uh, providing uh, a one-two punch, uh, some depth, those kinds of things. But um, the Falcons have a Pro Bowl guard on their offensive line. And, you know, they're going to have – they have a really talented tight end as well in Kyle Pitts, who was a first-round pick himself. So you look at the the young nucleus of the Falcons, and who knows? Maybe it's a team that can grow together and become – um, a force in the NFC. Here's what I know about the NFC South. It was garbage last year. Remember, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won this division with a losing record. Um, <laughs> they were they were eight and nine. The Falcons were seven and ten. So they're not that far off. Their defense needs to, you know, get better. But it looks like the Falcons have a good young nucleus of players on that offense that can grow together. And I'm, I'm with you. I, the Falcons were never on my radar. Now I'm going to have to make a point to watch them because Bijan Robinson is, is that kind of guy. He's, he's a highlight reel. And, yeah. and so you, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss that play. You don't want to miss that highlight and, and, Watch this storyline play out because you now I remember when the Cowboys drafted Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin. They were not a good football team at the beginning of that um, that bar graph. Remember Troy Aikman was three and thirteen as a rookie, so um, or no, I don't think he won a game that his rookie year. I think Steve Walsh won the only game. So, um, but then they ended up winning three Super Bowls together. So who knows? Who knows? But Bijan Robinson, to me, is that kind of special talent. Yeah, he is. And I know it's kind of a funny story. I uh, have a friend that lives in Atlanta now, but she's from the Austin area, went to the University of Texas, and she's a diehard Longhorn and a diehard Cowboys fan, but probably more so Cowboys fan, I would say. And she loves Texas players, you know, seeing them get drafted, but she never really cares to follow them. Well, her living in Atlanta now when she saw that B. John Robinson was drafted, she was like, well, I guess I, I guess I'm a, a Falcons fan now. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like this is a die hard Cowboys fan. If you want to know the impact that B. John Robinson has had on Longhorn nation, I feel like that's a prime example because she literally like would never root for any other NFL team, regardless if it was littered with Texas players, one player goes to the Falcon. And now she's like, well, 
I'm a Falcons fan now. And that just shows the impact that Bijan Robinson really has. I'm excited to see him. It doesn't look like he's going to be wearing number five chip. Uh, I think at uh, Drake London, their first round pick from uh, last year, who also was a, you know, a rookie put up close. To, I think it was like close to a thousand yards receiving. He will wear number five. I think Bijan Robinson will be number seven. And I may have to break my um, rule of adults wearing jerseys of uh, athletes. And I may have to order myself a number seven uh, Atlanta Falcons jersey, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he's already got endorsement deals. Did you notice during the draft, he was already in commercials for Old Spice <laughs> and USAA. I mean, these are huge brands that have already lined up with Bijan Robinson feeling comfortable uh, in inking a deal with a rookie based on, you know, the pedigree and all the references and, and all the, you know, testimonials from the people around Bijan. So um, they won't be disappointed. He's an unbelievable pitch man and he's going to make a ton of money in endorsement deals. There's no, no doubt about that. So yeah. um Good stuff for Bijan Robinson, and I know Cowboys fans are excited that he did not fall to the Philadelphia Eagles, although the <laughs> yeah. Philadelphia Eagles may have ended up with the best player in the draft in Jalen Carter. We'll, we'll move on. Uh, because DeMarvian Overshone might have had the coolest story going with uh, his being selected in the third round by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I don't know how many Longhorn fans know that there's a – a walk-on receiver from Highland Park named Paxton Anderson, um, who is the son of Cowboys vice president Charlotte Anderson and the grandson of Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. And apparently Paxton Anderson and DeMarvian Overshone at one point shared a locker together uh, in the Texas locker room or maybe Overshone let him stow some stuff in his locker. I don't know. But uh, according to Jerry Jones, his grandson, Pax, they call him, um, was lobbying for DeMarvin Overshone to, to be selected. Now, you know, how much of that weighed into this decision? This is a third <laughs> round pick. I sure right. hope grandchildren of owners are not uh, making the pick, but he certainly is a character reference, Taylor. And you know, the film speaks for itself. DeMarvin Overshone is a is a physical, just throw, you know, care to the wind about his body. Um, fast, long, defender. Uh, I love the idea of DeMarvin Overshone and Micah Parsons in that Cowboys defense because you got two guys that are just freak athletes. Uh, but how about this connection to uh, Texas walk-on receiver Paxton Anderson? Yeah, no, it's really cool. And I mean, I think, yes, obviously, Jerry Jones is not going to use a third round pick just because his grandson liked him at, in the college or he was nice to his grandson in college and he, you know, his grandson was a walk on. That's not going to happen. They're, they're not going to waste any pick of the draft. Let's, it's not MLB draft that has, what, 40 freaking rounds. It seems like it's like never ending. It's not something like that. Like, and um, but I like that story. It's really interesting. It's it's a unique story. It's a unique connection. I think it helps DeMarvian Overshone, too, because, you know, for it's a character developing type of story, as you had kind of alluded to, you know, good kid, Texas kid. I mean, he's always wearing a cowboy hat, I feel like. So it's like, why wouldn't he go to the Cowboys? And, um, you know, he's a really quality person off the field, too. And I think 
if you're an NFL owner, you have to look at that nowadays. I mean, it's with the amount of money that they pay these guys. And um, I mean, it's just so much, you know, you can't risk uh, missing a lot of times, especially in the draft. And I think DeMarvin overshone in the third round, I, I figured he would probably go day two. Um, I didn't think he would fall to day three of the draft, but I, I love this pick for the Cowboys. I agree with him and Micah Parsons. It's going to be really fun to watch, um, you know, them playing for the Cowboys defense. And uh, I also love that the Cowboys got Deuce Vaughn too. Uh, that was, that was really cool to see former Texas cornerbacks coach uh, Chris Vaughn. If you haven't seen this video, go look for it. Um, be able, you know, he's the assistant director, I think of scouting for the Cowboys now. And he was able to call his son Deuce Vaughn, the Kansas state running back and uh, tell him that he was going to be going to work with him and they were going to be working together. I thought that was really cool. Um, but I like the Cowboys draft. You know, I think, I think they did pretty well, but I, I do like DeMarvin Overshone going there too. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I'm excited for DeMarvin Overshone and you're right. He always wore a cowboy hat. Um, he seemed like the, the ideal Dallas Cowboy. Um, Roshan Johnson goes in the fourth round to the Chicago Bears. Um, he is now going to be competing with Deontay Foreman, former, <laughs> former Longhorn, former Longhorn, um, you know, who won the uh, Doak Walker Award in 2016 and um, has bounced around a little bit, played last year in Carolina, signed a one-year deal in Chicago. Uh, also, Khalil Herbert, who uh, is a second-year player in, in the running back room for the Chicago Bears. So Roshan Johnson with a great opportunity here, um, not only to be an impact player on special teams, but to actually get into the rotation at running back. And you're going to have two Longhorns uh, in the running back room for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I think that's the first time, I think since Henry Milton in 2009, that the Chicago Bears drafted a former Texas player I think it's interesting, though, to see that the two of them now will be together. Um, I mean, what? OK, so we covered both of Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman. I loved Deontay Foreman in 2016. He got absolutely hosed by not getting invited to the Heisman ceremony, kind of like Bijan. But I would say, I mean, Deontay rushed for over 2000 yards in 11 games, not a full 13 <laughs> games. He only played in 11 um, and they didn't make a bowl game that year. But I, I, uh, I'm curious for your take. You're going toe-to-toe, Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman. Who do you think is going to win that battle? Well, I think, um, I think that Roshan Johnson's going to have a better career than mm -hmm. Deontay Foreman. Now, Foreman, the, the big question for him was always, can he stay focused and single-minded enough and be professional enough to have a long career in the NFL and he's he's bounced around and once you start bouncing around and signing one year deals um it's it means your your time is ticking and and the sands through the hourglass are are starting to pour pretty heavily now look Chicago loves to run the football they love to play defense they desperately need um a you know, Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson and Cleo Herbert to emerge because David Montgomery, their former running back, left uh, and signed with the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, I think Roshan Johnson's going to win this battle in the end, even if Foreman is the primary ball carrier in 2023. I think he's the placeholder 
yeah. um, for Roshan Johnson and um, Khalil Herbert. You know, they've got Khalil Herbert for another couple of years on his rookie contract. And um, and then they'll have Roshan for four years on a rookie contract. So, you know, Foreman's kind of the insurance policy here to until, you know, those guys can establish themselves. And so I I think, you know, I, nothing against Deontay Foreman because I'm I'm with you. The, the kid played his heart out in 2016, 2000 yard rusher. Great story. Remember his twin brother, Armani Foreman, uh, was the one who was supposed to be the the superstar who would go on to the NFL and was the higher ranked recruit. And Deontay Foreman had to run a, you know, a four, five 40 at a Texas camp just to get a scholarship offer uh, from Mac Brown. And he did it. And so uh, it's a great story, Deontay Foreman. And you're, you know, you're always, you know, he got drafted by the Texans and we were all like, I'm not sure if yeah. that's good. Cause he's close to the, friends at Texas city and we don't want him to be close to his friends in yeah. Texas city. Cause I remember one of the first photos after he got drafted was him walking out of some retail store with a receipt that was like a half mile long with all of his buddies buying him stuff. And it, it just, anyway. Um, so I'm cheering for both for sure. And it'd be great if they had kind of a thunder and lightning thing going on in Chicago for a while, but um, the way that Roshan approaches everything from such a professional standpoint, I'm going to, I'm going to bet on Roshan Johnson in this one. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, if you did not listen to the flagship podcast on Monday, we did have Michael Griffin, um, all, all American, you know, multi pro bowler safety with the Tennessee Titans, um, on, and he talked about, you know, playing in Chicago, you, you need a few running backs cause it gets cold 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 and you need to have depth especially at that position um you want fresh bodies because he said it's hard to tackle when it's freezing cold out there at soldier field so this is i think you know to stack the running back rooms probably wise of the bears but i agree i think roshan is such a pros pro it's hard to think he's not going to win out in the end and probably have a very long nfl career because i think if if you talk to anybody at Texas who's covered Texas, anyone in college football, and if they know anything about Texas, you ask them about Roshan Johnson, I think the consensus response would be he would have been a starter at any other school in the country, it, Alabama. Um, I mean, he would start probably at Georgia. I mean, they're like literally some of the top teams in the country would have been, you know, chomping at the bit to get this guy in the transfer portal so that he could transfer to them because of the type of talent he has. But you know, his, his character, he, he stuck it out with Texas. He loved being at Texas and, you know, taking on that leadership role for Steve Sarkeesian was huge. Steve Sarkeesian, I think, owes Roshan a ton um, in his career, honestly, because of how crucial it was for Roshan to go to Sark and step up and, you know, kind of ask if he can be that vocal leader because they need somebody. They need the message to be said to the team by the team, not just by the coaches. And uh, he, you know, answered in such a big way. So, um, you know, I, I love this. I think Roshan's going to have a very, very long NFL career. And I agree. Maybe it's Deontay that gets a little bit more carries this year. But long term, I think uh, Texas may have two running backs in the NFL for a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's exciting. Um, Keandre Coburn snacks. snacks. 
goes in the sixth round to the reigning Super Bowl champions. This is such a golden opportunity for Keandre Coburn. It's unbelievable because right now the Chiefs have a seven-year um, player and starter Danny Shelton at that kind of nose tackle position on their defensive line. Uh, but after that, it's wide open. I mean, Keandre Coburn, when you say sixth round draft pick, it's a long shot for him to make the roster, but it's, it's there for the taking. And if you can be that point of attack, uh, one technique, they call it, who can take on double teams and not get moved, you're going to be in the NFL for a long, long time. And why not do it in Kansas City? in the prime of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's careers. And this is such a great opportunity for Keandre Coburn. I hope he does every single thing uh, he needs to do to make this roster because um, we saw, you know, Puna Ford was undrafted mm -hmm. and is, was one of the top 30 free agents this year, this off season, making bank. Um because he's that guy. You can't move him. Yeah. You know, Casey Hampton, two two time Super Bowl winner with the Pittsburgh Steelers, played the one technique. You can't move him. If you can do that, you're gonna be in the NFL for a long, long time. So Keandre Coburn's got a great opportunity. I think he has a better opportunity than uh than Moro Ojimo, who ends up going to the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl runner up. But Taylor, he's in a long line of guys. In fact, he's behind Jalen Carter, who just got taken in the first round uh, at that defensive tackle position. And, you know, more Ojemo is going to have to make the Eagles as a special teams guy, um, which is not impossible. But um, typically the special teams guys are more linebackers and and uh, and, you know, defensive backs, running back types, receivers. But, um, you know it's an opportunity for Moro Ojimo too. both these guys late round picks with a chance. Yeah. And Moro Ojimo too. He's young. Like remember he, he's only 21 as a fifth year senior at Texas. So, cause he, when he enrolled, I think he was 17, his first entire fresh true freshman year at Texas in 2018. So this is a really young um, guy. I think his development took a little bit more time but I think we've only scratched the surface of what Moro Ojimo could be developed into if he gets the right opportunity, the right type of coaching, all of that. As I mean, there's a lot of, I think, uh, you know, dominoes that probably have to kind of fall his direction. But I think just with him being like younger, too, I think that helps. Um, and I, you know, if he, if he puts in the work, I, I, I like Moro Ojimo. I mean, I think he's a talented guy. I'll be interested to see how he will be used, if he would be used more at a tackle or an end position in the NFL, because I did see some of the, um, you know, scouting reports on him being kind of like a tweener. You don't necessarily want to always or be a tweener sometimes, but it, you know, if he can really grasp one or the other, it's going to be interesting to see which or none, you know, if he does, but I like that. Keandra Coburn, um, Snacks, I that nickname, every time I hear it, I just crack up because I just think Well, especially the way he got it. Exactly. The the story behind Snacks was so funny. It was, a uh, was it Taquan Graham, was it? That Malcolm that Roach. Malcolm Roach, that's right. Yeah, Malcolm Roach. 
started calling him it because he's like, you always have snacks on you. <laughs> yeah, on his recruiting visit, yeah. Andre Coburn always had food in his pockets. <laughs> and Malcolm Roach was like, man, you always got snacks in your in your pockets. And just started calling him snacks. And yeah. and uh, I don't think Keandre Coburn was crazy about that nickname, but. It's but, snacks, uh, so he had to embrace it. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm yeah, Roach he- gives gives you the nickname you're probably gonna it's probably gonna stick yeah um but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what both of those guys do um it would be awesome to see either or both kind of take the path that um you know Puna Ford did I thought it was a shame that Puna Ford didn't get drafted in that uh what would it have been the 2016 NFL draft I think would have been the one that he was in right I think that's right yeah or 27 2017. It was after 2018 draft following the 2017 season with Tom Herman's first season. Um, You know, I mean, like we, we knew like Malik Jefferson was the first one to say that him winning, you know, the big 12 defensive player of the year that last season in 2017 was all Puna Ford. And, you know, Deshaun Jameson said that, or excuse me, Deshaun Elliott said, you know, he was a Thorpe, uh, runner-up, a final finalist for the Thorpe Award, he was like, yeah, it was Puna Ford that started it all. It makes your job easier when you have a guy that just does everything to, and makes such a big impact, you know, in affecting the quarterback, making them, you know, miss or just, I, they both credited Puna Ford. And so um, obviously Puna Ford lived up to his height or hype. The height is what kind of held him back there, but it'll be really interesting to watch both um, Keandre Coburn and Moro Ojimo. And, um, I think if you're a Texas fan, you're hoping that you see them kind of take on the Puna Ford mentality and, and roll with being kind of the lower drafted or overlooked players of this draft. Yeah. You can also land a spot on the practice squad. It's not glamorous and it's certainly not the money, um, that you command. I think a rookie minimum in the NFL now is, is right at Mm $500,000, um, which is not bad. Uh, the practice squad's like $85,000, but however you got to make it, um, you make it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially when you have a chance to be with an organization uh, like the the Chiefs and the Eagles, the two teams that played in the Super Bowl last year. Um, Taylor, the um, uh, Anthony Cook and Deshaun Jameson have signed undrafted free agent contracts, Anthony Cook with the Chiefs as well. Um, and that's, again, an, an opportunity there. Uh, and Anthony Cook loves him some football and and should uh, show well on special teams and that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, as an undrafted free agent, you got to make it through OTAs. You got to make it through rookie camp. You got to make mm-hmm. it through OTAs and then you got to make it through training camp. It's a, again, long shot process, but it, it happens. And, and Deshaun Jameson, an undrafted free agent contract with the San Francisco 49ers. So um, I, an opportunity. I mean, I think of Terrell Brown, who I think was a fifth round pick, uh, went to the 49ers and became a, you know, a 10 year NFL player. So um, there's there's history there with uh, a defensive back in San Francisco going on to have a, a really nice, productive career. So, yeah, um, uh, Chip, practice squad members now and the NFL league minimum is much higher than that. 
actually. Oh, so the news. I, I, I'm surprised. The, yeah, the collective the new salary agreement. cap. Ooh, I forgot. It went to like over 200 million this year. So, okay. Yeah, so, so what is it? So the league NFL minimum is uh, $750,000 this year. The practice squad uh, weekly sal- salary minimum is, I think it said 12000 per week. So if you're on the practice squad for a whole season, you're making over $200,000 a year as a practice squad member. Okay. Intr- uh, yeah, because I looked it up. I thought I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking practice squad maybe was a hundred thousand for a whole season if you stayed on the practice squad, but they, they yeah. got some more money for those guys now. <laughs> so been, and they I've, do it. I mean, my goodness, they take probably the brunt of the beating, right? Like, yeah, they're they're the tackling dummies basically in practice for the you know guys that are on the the roster. So yeah, yeah. it's not bad, not bad though. Well. I forgot the salary cap took a huge jump this year. So I was going off some old numbers, but Hey, great opportunity for these guys. And um, that leads us back to um, the Texas Longhorns current day, Texas Longhorns, the transfer portal window that opened when uh, Texas had its spring game on April 15th and closed on April 30th, uh, Texas ends up with four players uh, getting into the portal during that window. Brennan Thompson, the wide receiver, we've talked about him. He's now, um, I believe, committed to OU. Uh, receiver Jaden Alexis, who I saw, I think, on his Instagram, is now committed to South Florida, uh, as well as linebacker Travell Johnson and edge Derek Brown. So, those names got into the portal pretty much right when it opened and Texas didn't suffer any more attrition, Taylor. So again, Steve Sarkeesian uh, doing a nice job of hanging on to the players he wants to hang on to. Yeah. And there was a question a few weeks ago when we did our live, um, our live show on the horns, 24 seven YouTube channel that somebody put in, we didn't answer it, and I'm glad that we didn't. But about if there, if we were hearing of any potential players that could enter the transfer portal, Chip and I have always kind of had the same, you know, understanding and approach when it comes to that. Until a player is in the transfer portal, I'm not reporting on a player being in or entering the transfer portal. I don't think it's fair to anybody involved there. I'm glad we didn't because there was one. We'll just say this. I'm not going to say who it is, but we'll just say this. There were rumblings of a player that might be on the fence of it, and he is not in there. So that's another sign of Steve Sarkeesian and his staff doing really, really well, holding on to the guys they want to hold on to and, you know, not saying that they're saying good riddance to the other guys, but they they were okay, I think, with these four going into the portal. So it's a win. We won't, we won't go into detail about it. I know that's probably annoying to y'all, but it's it's a very positive sign that they're still able to continue that momentum, in my opinion, Chip. Well, and I'll be talking about um, a player who certainly had opportunity um, because his intermediaries were were uh, contacted by schools um, wanting to see if if uh, this player would entertain a transfer, uh, and I'll be writing about it extensively in the Insider this week. So. 
Uh, make sure you are at horns247.com on Thursday morning when that drops, uh, because it's it's a fascinating story. And um, are we talking about the same player? Do you we think? I don't know. Possibly. 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 I had heard of one <laughs> other name other than the okay. one that I'm writing about, but um, Steve Sarkeesian holds on to his talent and look, the, the promise of possibly playing and winning a big 12 championship um, carries some weight. And Steve Sarkeesian has said, if you're in and about the team and your teammates and not about the NIL dollars, then you're, you're right at the right place in Austin, Texas. And uh, so far, so good for Steve Sarkeesian. So uh, make sure you check out the, the Insider on Thursday morning. And as Taylor mentioned, Michael Griffin, 2005 Texas national champion and three-time Pro Bowl safety with the Tennessee Titans, uh, was our guest for the flagship podcast interview that dropped on Monday. Make sure you check that out because, um, of course, Michael is an analyst for Longhorn Network and and does a lot of um, you know up close work on the current team and and so he gives you his thoughts basically position by position and um, I'm always intrigued by Michael's thoughts because he tends to think outside the box. He you know a couple of years ago was very critical of of Jaron Thompson. Yeah. Um, coming out of the OU game uh, from a couple of years ago. And he has a lot of good things to say about Jaron Thompson now. So yeah. um, it's uh, it's definitely worth a listen. And you got to find out what uh, Michael Griffin's up to. He's like doing a reality show with Brian Arakpo called The Cupcake Guys uh, that's on Roku. I think there are six episodes on Roku right now, Taylor. Yeah, and his daughter, Maya, um won the, the, what was it? The uh, area championship in football, not tackle. flag football, y'all <laughs> tackle. She was there starting running back and linebacker. It's a funny story hearing Michael talk about that because he had said, I think, I think they must probably show something about it on the show. And he, it sounds to me, I, I took it, Chip, maybe I, I, you know, was thinking more into it, but I took it as, he's expecting people to like think this is like a phony storyline or something for a reality TV show by saying that his daughter is the running a running back and linebacker in tackle football. Um, he made it clear. He's like, that. that's real. That did happen. Like, and he told a really funny story about that. But you definitely want to tune in to the whole interview. I love having Michael Griffin on. Um, you know, anytime we can get him, he's always one that I will, the first person I'm like, hey, Chip, been like a few months. Can we get Michael Griffin on? I think that's uh it's time to hear his thoughts because he's very he he doesn't hold back, but it's not in like a negative way. It's just it's a respectable way because obviously he knows how to approach the college game, NFL, everything. I mean, you know, with uh his career and then also playing for that 2005 national championship team. Um and you know he did talk about Texas chances at a national championship this season. Talk a lot about the mindset of the defense, how Gary Patterson's impact uh, or uh, departure impacts the defense, if he thinks that or not. Um, talk about the quarterbacks, what he likes, what uh, what he's seen in Quinn Ewers. He, he talked pretty highly of 
what he's seen in Quinn Ewers. He liked what he saw in Malik Murphy, but had some comments also about that. So I feel like this is like the longest teaser ever, but you definitely want to tune in. I mean, at any time Griff, Griff's on our podcast, it's like, it's a must listen for sure. I agree. Um, yeah. Make sure you, you check out his thoughts on uh, the Longhorns chances in, in 2023. Um, Taylor, it's been a bit of an odyssey for uh, Texas basketball. A couple quick notes uh, before we get to love it or leave it. Um, you know, you've got, we were talking about the good news of Dylan DeZue returning, announcing that he'll return to Texas next season, joining Brock Cunningham and uh, Alex Anamekwa. And um, we're still waiting on the, the word from Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell, who are both in the NBA draft process. They have until June 1st uh, to make a final decision about if they'll stay in the draft or uh, return to Texas. And, and then, you know, we learned this past week that Ron Holland, the five-star uh, 6'8 power forward from Duncanville's reopening his recruitment. Um, he's got a buddy, Anthony Black, who he played basketball with at Duncanville, who's at Arkansas, who's trying to pull him there. And um, this one isn't done. Um, if you've been following this story on our board, um, the flagship message board at Horns 24-7. Eric Bossy, who does a great job, uh, national college basketball recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports, said that, you know, Ron Holland is kind of just weighing all of his options, which includes the G League. Um, but if, if, if there is a school that is maybe uh, foremost in his mind, it's probably Arkansas. Um, but Texas coaches have said, Hey, we're, we're here for you. Uh, we'd love to have you. Um, and they have not crossed him off the list at all. So that that's still worth following. Of course, we already know Arterio Morris now has committed to Kansas um, and that AJ Johnson, the five-star incoming guard is going to the Australian pro leagues and um uh, but Texas does have some, you know, quality transfers coming in. Max Acemus from Oral Roberts, who averaged 23 points per game the last two seasons, is a scoring machine, is coming to Texas. And Caden Shedrick, the, the 6'11 uh, forward from Virginia, uh, who's been schooled on the defensive end with Tony Bennett, but probably got a little tired of the slow pace that Tony Bennett's teams play with at Virginia, wanted to get a little more up and down the, the floor, um, really provides a nice complement with Dylan DeZue in terms of rim protection. Um, and um, I think as we speak, Taylor, uh, we're recording on a Tuesday. Um, there is uh, uh, UTEP's uh, Zarif Anyama. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Zarif <I'm> Anyama, <laughs> a 6'8 forward uh, at UTEP, averaged 7.1 points, 4.4 rebounds per game. But Rodney Terry did help recruit um, Zarif Anyama to UTEP. And there's the there's that 6'8, um, you know, power forward that you're you're looking for if if you lose Ron Holland. So um 
we'll keep an eye on that. Make sure you're you're dialed in over at horns247.com for all the latest because uh, Rodney Terry and that coaching staff are are still very much putting the roster together and have a good chance to have a solid roster um, for this upcoming season. It's been a it's been a roller coaster ride for sure, uh, but there's the uh, there's the latest. I'm just glad that you said Max Aismas. Aismas is that how you say it? Yeah, it's because it's spelled A B M A S. So I would have this whole time been like, oh yeah, Texas got a transfer from Max Admas. <laughs> right. Glad I'm very glad that you just I'm said like, his name. That's the first time I've heard somebody say it. <laughs> so the B and everything else is silent because, in that name. Yeah. And there's um, a CE somewhere at like Ace Mus. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Max Ace Mus. <laughs> um, and then Texas baseball, Taylor. I mean, talk about a roller coaster. Uh, they get swept by OU, who's one of the worst teams in the Big 12 this year. And then um, they bounce back. They take two of three from TCU. They win the first two games. They lose. Uh, the third game, which actually was played on Monday because of weather on Friday. And it it saw the return of Tanner Witt, their redshirt sophomore, freshman All-American, um, you know, who was outstanding. Uh, he was 2-0 last year with a one-point-something ERA when he, um, you know, had the elbow injury that resulted in Tommy John surgery. And he uh, started the game. Started game three against TCU. He struggled, which is to be expected. David Pierce said he was a little too pumped up. Was His mechanics probably weren't you know, in place, and he ends up only going two-thirds of an inning. Um, gave up a walk, gave up a double, gave up a hit by pitch. Uh, and, and then no one behind, well, not no one, but four pitchers behind Tanner Witt each gave up at least two runs and Texas lost that game 15 to seven. Now here's the crazy thing. Texas is one, you know, win out of first place in the big 12. Now they're 10 and eight uh, K state and Oklahoma state are 11 and seven and West Virginia who's in first place is 11 and four. And Texas has not yet played West Virginia and they split with, I mean, they beat K state and they lost the series to Oklahoma state. So Texas is still right in this thing, even though, beyond Lucas Gordon as your Friday starter, they're still trying to figure out who their Saturday starter is, who their Sunday starter is, who they can count on out of the bullpen. It has been uh, a bit of a, a, you know, a zany ride. I mean, remember that 16 game winning streak they had in March? Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they're batting. They got five guys batting over 300. Uh, first baseman, Jared Thomas has hit safely in, 13 of the last 15 games, and he's not even batting 300, batting 281. Um, they're fielding at a 980 clip, which is tied for first in the Big 12. I mean, I know people are are down on this baseball team, but their their goals are still there, which is which is something. So um, it's been a big transition year. Obviously, we've talked about David Pierce replacing both of his assistant, or well, basically his whole assistant staff. Um, this past year. So um, they're still battling and they'll play at Kansas this weekend, a series they desperately need to win. They need to sweep. And then they'll close out the big 12 season with West Virginia in Austin. So let's uh, let's see how this, 
how this story ends, Taylor. It's crazy to hear, like, they have – Texas baseball has 10 games left on the season. They've played 46 already. They still don't know who their Saturday and Sunday starters are, yet they're still – in the mix for the big, I mean, I know that people are down on this baseball team, but that uh, it's, they they should not be in this position in the, in the conference, honestly, without knowing two of their three weekend starters. I mean, in the fact that they are, you know, as down as you are, I I just don't want to, you know, how Texas fans can be sometimes is like, they have a down year, and it's like, is David Pierce the guy? Is he the guy? It's like, well, he, he did take him to Omaha last year. So this is why you don't just, like, make a, a coaching change or anything after one, you know, up and down season or whatever. I mean, it's wild to think that Texas is still in the Big 12 title race, considering they do not. They only have one starting pitcher on the weekend um, known. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah, that, that will never happen. That never happens. Never happens anywhere. Right. Like, I mean, especially in the Big 12, it's not like some big the Big 12, some scrub baseball conference. You know, it's like that's wild to think. Yeah. And it's it is a down year for the league. Um, but look, you win the Big 12, you're in the NCAA postseason. And I don't care if you're hosting or not. And Texas definitely is not in line to host. But yeah. They just need to get into the tournament and then try to make some stuff happen. Um, Tanner Witt is going to get better with every uh, appearance he makes. And who knows? Uh, people keep asking me, is this is the, is the season over? I'm like, no. Like, no. the story of this season is going to be told in the last 10 games. Mm-hmm. It can go great. It can go terrible. We won't be surprised by either one. Right. <laughs> but it is, it's all there. I mean, they're, they're still in this thing and, you know, you've had some really cool stories, you know, uh, some of the, some of the transfers, um, you know, Peyton Powell, Porter Brown, it's, it's been, it's been cool. And Jared Thomas coming to life uh, at first base and um, look, anything compared to last year and the home run, you know, onslaught led by uh, Ivan Melendez is going to be, hard to top but this team has scratched and clawed and battled and they're still um you know right there in the big 12 race so let's see let's see how this story ends and taylor you ready for some love it or leave it i am before we get to love it or leave it we're going to take a very quick break but stay tuned we have a lot more texas football talk coming up we'll be right back ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Chip, my first love it or leave it for you. You ready? I'm ready. I actually have a bonus one at the end just as a heads Ooh, up. Uh-oh. Chip does not know what that one is. We typically at least like know the questions beforehand. We don't talk about what our answers are going to be, but he doesn't know that last question. So first one, love it or leave it. You are surprised Michael Griffin didn't pick freshman Anthony Hill as his breakout player on defense for the upcoming season. You know what? I'm, I'm going to love this. Like, how could anyone not pick Anthony Hill as the surprise breakout player for the Texas Longhorns defense? Don't they know? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Michael Griffin uh, picked Terrence Brooks, Mm -hmm. the the corner, who he really likes. He likes his frame. He likes his attitude. He likes his uh, technique. Feels like the guy's going to break out. You know, some some, – there's some thought that Gavin Holmes, the Wake Forest transfer, could end up being that field corner. Uh, Michael Griffin is saying, nope, not so fast. Uh, watch out for, for Terrence Brooks. I I think that, that field corner is going to be so competitive. And I just have a feeling about Anthony Hill as a situational pass rusher that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to love this Taylor. How about you? Um, I'm going to leave it because, I mean, you also have to consider the position that Michael Griffin played, right? He played in the secondary. He's probably watching at practices that he's able to attend that we are not able to attend. That's probably what he is watching, I imagine, like pretty intently. Not that he's not watching everything, but you're drawn to the position you played, right? Like he, he, I guarantee watches defense way more than he does the offense if he's out at practice um, since that's the side of the ball. He played on so I'm gonna leave it I'm not surprised I do think Anthony Hill could definitely mold into being the breakout player on defense for the upcoming season but hearing Michael Griffin say that about Terrence Brooks to me I'm like okay well this is a somebody I we need to watch as that because I trust Michael Griffin I mean my goodness he's how many pro bowl three-time pro bowler I believe and you know I mean he was just he is so elite as a, you know, a Texas X, a Longhorn legend um, playing in that secondary under Mac Brown. And I just, it's going to, if he says something about a player in the secondary, it's going to be hard for me to question it until something shows otherwise. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. I'm not surprised. Um, I, yeah, this is, and now Terrence Brooks, I'm like, all right, <laughs> spotlight on you here. Now. Terrence Brooks, come on, baby. <laughs> all right. All right. Love it leave it number two. Second one, love it or leave it. You thought Texas would have more attrition during the April 15th through 30th transfer portal window. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll love this. I, I probably did think there might be one or two more. Um, and so for Texas to, to hang on uh, to, the, to the talent that it has, uh, other than Brennan Thompson um, and uh, Travell Johnson and Derek Brown and 
um, Jaden Alexis. And I think Jaden Alexis and Brennan Thompson have a chance to be impact players at their new schools right now. Brennan Thompson committed to OU. Jaden Alexis um, committed to South Florida. Um, but, you know, I'll love this. I probably thought there'd be one or two more players. So um, how about you, Taylor? Um, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Just be, I mean, it's so new that it's it's hard not to expect a flood, right? Um, now, I do think it's a little bit different. Maybe it's a little different, and we should be training our minds to think this after hearing Steve Sarkeesian essentially straight up say, if you enter the transfer portal, you're not coming back. That could also impact why there was only four that did, and they, you know, a lot of them have quickly landed on other rosters. So, um, yeah, I'm going to love it, but knowing, I mean, that message is clear. Steve Sarkeesian said that, has said that multiple times now to media publicly. He's even been criticized at some point by some people for saying that. I don't disagree with that take. I think that's the right approach. Um, you know, it's kind of like I said last week, like if, if you're married, you can't just say like, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to like separate for a little bit just so I can test the waters and see if there is greener grass or, you know, like, uh, you know, gra the grass is greener on the other side or something like that. No, you can't do that. Like, so why should you be able to do that with any commitment that you do make? So yeah, I, uh, I, I think we got to probably get out of that mindset, but I, I do love this thinking. I, I think I expected more of a flood just because it just seems to be so up and down with the train. You never know. It's a wild, wild west, right? Like I just yeah. never know what you're going to get with the transfer portal. So yeah, fair enough. All right. All right. Love it or leave it, number three. Final of the ones that you know about. Love it or leave it. DeMarvian Overshone's engaging personality helped him get drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the third round because he befriended Jerry Jones' grandson at Texas. Helped him? Yeah, I'll love this. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll be honest. I had not put two and two together. I covered the Cowboys for three years. I know Charlotte Anderson. Um, I know Paxton Anderson's parents um his dad's name is shy anderson and he looks like the marlboro man um <laughs> he's like one of the coolest guys i've ever met but i didn't put two and two together that paxton anderson was that anderson um and so i can easily see demarvin overshone um you know in his engaging personality the guy's so funny he nicknamed his truck Lizzie. I mean, bright green. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like lizard green. And, um, I, I love talking to DeMarvian Overshone. I could talk to DeMarvian Overshone all day, every day. And if he's listening to this podcast, um, you know, reach out to us cause check we would your love, <laughs> yeah, check your, check your IG. Good God. I feel like a, like a creeper trying to reach some of these guys, but um, yeah, I, I'm going to love this because Jerry Jones said that Paxton Anderson was, you know, lobbying for DeMarvin Overshone, um, but helped. It's not the sole reason. Right. Yes. Obviously, um, DeMarvin Overshone's film took care of that because the guy is just fun to watch. I mean, talk about a guy who just gives up his body for his love of the game. I cannot wait to see the Cowboys defense with Dan Quinn running things 
and having DeMarvin Overshone and Mike Parsons on the field together. Taylor, how about you? Yeah, I mean, did it help? Sure. I think I would say that his film did all the talking and then having, you know, a uh, somebody around that knows him personally in this day and age in the NFL and knows his character, it for sure only helped him. I don't necessarily think it's the reason in the slightest, just like I don't think that the Cowboys drafting Deuce Vaughn in the seventh round was for clicks or anything. I've seen some people say that. And it's like, you do not waste an NFL draft pick for clicks. You don't like you only get a select few of them before you have to go into the, you know, uh, the undrafted free agent market, all of that. If it was like baseball or something, sure. You may think that's what it was like just to get some like social media attention. No, that, that was not, you don't, you don't waste draft picks. So you also don't draft based off of just like a grandson that's a walk-on receiver at a school saying, oh, I really like him. We should make him a cowboy. Like Jerry Jones not going to be like, okay, let's go do that <laughs> like without doing his due diligence. So I love it and the fact that it helped him, but I want to make it very clear. I think you do too. It is not the reason why he was drafted by the Cowboys. His film, his work ethic, you know, his athleticism, being the former safety, moving to linebacker. His play speaks for itself. That's why he was drafted by the Cowboys. But it also does not hurt to have a personal connection to somebody that can, you know, be a, a reference for you essentially as a character guy. So, yeah, I'll, I'll love it. But he got drafted because of his work and skills. Yeah. Cool. Cool side story, though. It is. It is for sure. All right. So what's this uh, mystery? Love All right. It or leave it. Bonus, love it or leave it. The Chicago Bears drafting Roshan Johnson in the fourth round was the steal of the 2023 NFL draft overall. Wow. That's that's a lot. That's a lot when you consider there are over 200 picks in the draft. Um, you know, why not? <laughs> why not? I mean... Roshan Johnson is such a pro's pro uh, and just embraced his move from quarterback to running back at Texas. And then, you know, sat Tom Herman down and said, listen, I know you moved me to running back because of injuries in training camp. If I stay at running back, am I going to be used as a running back? And Tom Herman said, yes. And now look at this story. So uh, on top of that, he is a special, you know, he was on four of the five special teams. Yeah. Uh, he was the leading tackler. Um, you know, the guy's presence and his leadership. Remember it was his um, deal that if the locker room wasn't clean, they were going to run as a team and the next Monday they ran as a team and then they never ran again. Yeah. Uh, and that was his doing, not the coaches. So uh, Rojan Johnson is that guy who doesn't, he doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. He's just going to do things right. And uh, I'm hoping that this guy goes on to have an unbelievable career and it's possible I mean, I talk about Priest Holmes all the time. Guy was an undrafted free agent. He was kind of injury 
prone at Texas. He's now the number 48 all-time rusher in NFL history um, and was the Kansas City Chiefs all-time leading rusher until Jamal Charles replaced him. So um, why not, Taylor? I'll I'll go with this feel-good story. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard not to point to Jalen Carter going to the Eagles. However, him his slide is because of a potential off the field situation with him, you know, being somehow, I don't know all the details, so I don't want to speak out of turn, but him having some sort of involvement in that, that car accident that, or was, you know, around when that car accident happened that killed a Georgia, a Georgia football player and a recruiting staff member. Um, so I think that's why he did slide a little bit. But I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson, too. Like, as as big, like, you know, Jalen Carter was supposed to be one of the first people drafted. He still got drafted, you know, in top 10. Um, Roshan Johnson in the fourth round was a steal, in my opinion. I mean, I know a lot of Cowboys fans that were hoping that either Bijan would fall in the first round of the Cowboys, which was never going to happen, or that Roshan Johnson would maybe be a third-round pick to the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys used that third-round pick on DeMarvian Overshown. Um, so Roshan, I feel like if he would have been the starting running back at any other power five program, he probably would have been for sure a day two pick, I would say for sure. Like he probably would have been the second highest drafted player. I I truly do believe that. Um, so I think this is a steal. I, you know, Roshan's everything about him. He has a forever fan. I think in both of us, like you, you just have to respect this kid his work ethic, everything about him, um, you know, this is fantastic. I think that was the best pick of the draft. I really do. Well, it's going to be fun to watch because these guys are all so easy to root for. They are. Dijon yes. Robinson, Roshan, DeMarvian Overshone, Keandre Coburn, Moro Ojimo. These guys, we've gotten a chance to know them over the last four or five years. And these guys are all guys you're easy to cheer for. and. Yeah you know, engaging, uh, love the game. And, and so. And do things right too. That's, that's the biggest thing too. And like, I want to like, you know, people may hear us say this chip, right. And they may be like, Oh, you guys are such homers. You cover these guys. Of course you're going to say this. No, we've never said this about any other draft class, like from top to bottom ever. I, I, I've never heard you say that ever. I've never said that ever. This is not just because we cover them and we're some like Texas homers. It's, literally the truth of the situation with all five. Those are all five high character guys, very, very talented guys with very high ceilings. Um, you know, this is, this is a very good draft class that Steve Sarkeesian can add to his resume. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, make sure you check out the flagship podcast interview with Michael Griffin from Monday, because oh. you'll, Always yeah, and stick with it to the end so that you get all the the uh, reality TV show uh, nuggets, the cupcake guys on Roku. Um, and also Griffin. his story about Roshan Johnson, his freshman year when he was still playing quarterback is freaking hilarious. You want to know what type that Roshan, it gives it his all every play. He tells a story about Roshan throwing an interception and he was just like, oh, my gosh, that poor player just got lit up by the quarterback just taking him out because he was so angry that he threw that interception. <laughs> it's like that's the type of talent. That's why I think Roshan moving to running back was a 
fantastic decision. I'm glad that Steve or that Tom Herman had him stick with it too. And I'm glad that he did stick it out because I, I really thought, you know, as a quarterback prospect, he was talented, but I think this was a hundred percent the best move for his future. Yeah. To move the running back and stay there. Yeah. Yeah. He could play. He's one of those guys who could play three different positions. Yes. Uh, including defense and yeah. <laughs> he'd be a plus player. So, um, okay. Good stuff, everybody. Thanks for listening to the flagship podcast. Um, you know, make sure you check out the, uh, Michael Griffin interview and, you know, make sure that you're subscribed at horns 247com So you're getting all the latest on, uh, the recruiting season as it continues through the summer. Remember, Arch Manning committed during the summer last year. June, June, yeah. Uh, so you want to be uh, plugged in to horns247.com year round and make sure you're an annual subscriber so that you get the VIP access to all the other uh, team sites on the preeminent 24-7 sports network and make sure you're subscribed to the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. Uh, that'll That'll get you right so that you never miss an episode here of, of all the Horns 24-7 podcasts. Um, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Thanks again for listening. Um, stay safe and keep the faith.